Archers, attack! Keep firing! Let none escape! Another down! Do not relent! What's up, all you cuties and uggos? I'm Slide Whistle. I'm Immunization. And I'm Aaron, Fire Mage Extraordinaire and Horde Punching Bag. And oh, my dearest, oh, my loves, you are smack dab at the front of a new episode of Another Pod. Do not relent. You made it. Congrats. I hope the wait was worth it. It probably wasn't. You've <laughs> you found us on the Podbean app, the best way to listen to Do Not Relent. Also, freshly discovered on Spotify. <laughs> Oh, poor Gamut. Gamut tweeted at us and said he loved us and that he was happy to find us on Spotify. And I was like, oh, Gamut, we've been on Spotify for a while. You poor, poor boy. The Podbean app is not a good app. He was too busy emu raising. When you're in the emu game, you don't have time for Spotify. You gotta do the bean. I think about that big emu emu egg all the time and what a beautiful little bird that became. It's a, I'll say, it's a big emu now. <laughs> Yeah, that is his child, and we have been blessed to watch its childhood? Slash, is it an adult now? I don't know how it is considered adulthood for an emu. I don't remember. Did he, does he have it still, or did he have to give it away? I, th- I thought he had to give it away, because it was too big it's to manage. Still in, it's still in his bio, so I would imagine it's still on the farm somewhere. I probably just check, but I'm going to wait for Gamma to give us an update, which, however long that takes him to get up this episode... <laughs> And what's your emu update, Gamut? We want it now. All this reminds me of Cubbybub was telling me when she was young, because West Virginia is a state for whatever reason, like they're lax about certain exotic animals. So she was like, one time I was in school and we had a lockdown, but not because there was a shooter. It's because some guy's pet kangaroo got loose and it was like hopping through the neighborhood. And it's like, we don't know what it's going to do. It could kick you. So... Are you legally allowed to have a kangaroo in the U.S.? Or is it just like a West Virginia thing? It's it's certain states. I, I looked it up. Neither you boys nor I could own a kangaroo. Fuck. But if you want to head over to St. Albans, we can go get us one. All my training in Todd the Tasmanian Tiger has taught me how to fight ruse, so I'm ready to throw dual boomerangs at it. I, I would use my kaboomerang, but... My mom took him away. Now all I have is the aqua rang and the radar rang. I'm so, so sad, honestly. All I have is that one um, Skrillex song. What's it called? Bangarang. Bangarang. Yeah, that one. That's all I have. You couldn't remember Bangarang? Shame on you. you. You don't really have that, do you? I had it. At one point. I purchased it on my iTunes. My iTunes. So... Blanche can fly. Breaking news, everybody. Blanche can fly. Breaking news. If you didn't get her, get her now. It'll probably be even easier than when we did. Yeah, because they just announced that she cannot currently fly, but she will be able to fly starting in 9.1. So, you know, starting in 9.1, we will be able to have flying in the Shadowlands. But then also, you know, if you already have Blanche, it's a pretty badass flying mount now. It's going to be so weird because, like, whenever I'm in, like, regular areas like Stormwind... I'm just like, oh, right, I can fucking fly here. I don't have to, like, run around. So just being able to fly through Shadowlands is going to be so fucking bizarre. So this leads me to, and I may or may not use the the sound file. Maybe I will because it's been a while. 
But a little quick mini D and hour thought. But. But a lot of people have been like, why does everything need to fly? Do you guys feel like there are too many flying mounts as opposed to ground mounts? No. Okay, so I also saw people complaining about this, and I was like, I don't know. So first off, a few that I saw, they're like, why does everything have to fly? Why does this one get to fly? It doesn't make sense. And I'm like, first off, it's like a spirit ghost undead horse. Like, it can fly. It's a ghost spirit. Like, why is that the weird thing to you? Oh my god, yeah, I I, th- I thought people were joking in the Wahead comments, but I found an actual honest-to-god complaint. <clears throat> Hirachi said, It's a cool mountain all, but why does it need to fly? It detracts from the realism and immersion of the game. There are plenty of flying mounts, mounts with actual wings. Why does this horse need to fly? What's the lore behind it? In my honest opinion, this is another step on a slippery slope away from early while immersion slash RPG to a game. This this isn't real, right? This has to be it has to be a joke, right? Right? I do not have that intel, but you know, because like, <laughs> it's a fantasy game. Why is your argument the fact that like it goes against realism? Like, there's nothing real about this game. It's high fantasy. They literally they bend the rules every so often to be like oh yeah this is the new reality and they're allowed to do that because it's a fantasy game we can just be like we're in a new realm these things fly now okay that said literally the only one i have problems with is the wild dream weavers when they fly i don't get it because they're just unicorns and like i guess they're magical what well, I feel like Blizzard then needs to go in in a 2.5 patch. It doesn't even need to be a 0.5 and add like a little bit of like cloud or rainbows under them to be like, oh, no, they're stepping on clouds or they're running on a rainbow. OK, I, I, I was going to ask. My unicorn takes off and it's just like he's airborne now. So I was going to ask, like, I'm pretty sure unicorns can fly, but like, have like, obviously we've all played Rainbow Unicorn Attack, right? I feel like it just needs like some animation behind it like that, and then it will all feel okay. But Rainbow Unicorn Attack, unicorns don't fly, right? You're running on the ground, because they have to jump over those stupid stars. Yeah, but but once you collect enough, then it has like a burst, and then it does fly for a little bit. Yeah, like, even if it was, yeah, just like Rainbow... As dumb as it is, I'm like, oh, it needs a little bit of realism. If it had just, like, a magical force underneath its hooves, even just a particle effect, to be like, it's running on magic. That's fair, that's fair. Okay, problem solved. The fact that just it's standing, and you press the space bar, and it's standing eight feet above the ground now, I'm like, I don't know about that one. So I I hate to invoke its name because of the current controversy surrounding Beluar and this game, but I have a lot of friends that play Final Fantasy XIV. And my biggest difference between the WoW community and their community is mounts. Do you guys know what kind of mounts they have in Final Fantasy XIV? I don't know what they are, but I know it's beautiful. People have told me it's the reason to play the game. They, okay, so they don't give a shit. They don't care what the fuck they add to that game. And and they, people will pay, like, $20 for it. And they won't be like, Final Fantasy Company is taking our money with greed. They literally added a Butterfinger mount. Where if you bought Butterfingers and entered the code from Butterfingers in, you get a mount. I had a Scottish friend ask me, because they don't sell Butterfingers in Scotland. He said, can you buy me 
Butterfingers and give me the code for a mount. And I said, absolutely not, because I don't get a Butterfinger mount in WoW. So you don't get a mount from me. Multiples? Was it like, oh, no, you got me the code for the front half. (laughs) I need the front and the back half of the Butterfinger mount. You sound A, just like him. But B, I I think it's just one mount. I think he literally... You have to purchase five. It was just like it was just like buy me five so that you can enjoy five butterfingers no. on your friend. They have a weird requirement where like you have to buy five dollars worth of butterfingers, and I don't know how that's determined. I don't know how many codes you got to put you, in. Can you buy like two big butterfingers that are two fifty each? I'm assuming it's just certain butterfingers that are have that are coded with the barcode. I don't know, but like they have mounts like that where you buy candy from a store and you get a mount. If you did that in WoW, people would be fucking losing their goddamn minds over store mounts and candy mounts. I mean, I'm not like losing my mind, but I see the Plants vs Zombies Sunflower and I'm like, I hate that. That's corporate greed infecting my game. <laughs> Do not come for Miss Sunflower. She is my favorite pet, period. Also, you could just get it. You don't have to buy the game to get that. It's free. No, I know. But just, like, knowing it's from a non-Blizzard property, I'm like, Ugh. But But then you get to hear, Sunflower, randomly during raid. <laughs> it's so good. But to double back to the Beluar Final Fantasy thing, I saw that come up on my feed a lot, too, this week, and... First off, I don't understand why people are confused about why Beluar is playing another game. Second off, like, has Beluar even been playing WoW anytime recently? So, like, why are people mad? Hasn't he supposed to been working on his game that he scammed pe- money out of people for? I don't know what he's doing, but if he wants to play another game, please, for the love of God, let him. Yeah. That means less, <laughs> less videos <laughs> I gotta move, see from him. Move that cancer onto another game. <laughs> Yeah, surgically remove it already. Like, don't make us win another feud against him, please. We There's only so much winning we can handle here, you know? I think we need more flying mounts, and I want goofier mounts. I had my from my Scottish friend who I mentioned earlier. He showed me his mountain collection, and I couldn't compete with him. Like, his their mounts are just absolutely crazy. Giant, flying, steampunk spider robots... Um, things that are flying that have no business flying. I'm pretty sure he has like a giant, like with two, a, a humanoid on two legs that is just walking on the air. And I'm like, I want that. I want a giant walking on the air. Okay, so I I also don't want to like be like these people that are in the Wowhead comments, but I also don't uh... want mounts that are like too drastically not Wow feeling. Cause like cause it's like um in Fortnite right now too. They've started adding these like skins um there's like a play like a player character skin that is basically just an anime character and it looks like anime like in the game it looks really weird and then they added like rick and morty i was gonna say you excited for fucking rick sanchez he's in now it's just a bad 3d scan yeah and just look and it's like his um style as well like it, it is like the cartoon style but in the game and i just feel like it looks really weird in the game so i just don't want that in wow either well i don't want cartoon characters in wow i do like it in fortnite though because they're really easy to see so i can shoot them easier but i don't know you don't want a big giant running on two feet through the air that sounds cool so do you want it or not i just want more mounts in general and i know i sound like a glutton like just more more cool things you don't even use mounts 
Well, I mean, flying until that beautiful day that they make running wild allow you to take into the air. I am unfortunately cursed to use mounts outside of my own body. Watch out, 9.2, flying wild. I would love if, like... God, I wish. What if, like, one Christmas day you wake up and Santa Claus, or I'm sorry, Great Father Christmas comes to all Worgen's house and he gives you, like, the Rudolph ceremony where he teaches you how to fly and lead his sled and you fly with Great Father Winter up into the air on your four paws. A boy can But you have to wear, like, little tiny, like, like, shitty cosplay butterfly wings. (laughs) I would do that in a heartbeat. That'd be amazing, but I, I don't know, just, I feel like more random mounts that are just money or you just get them would be cool. I don't like the mounts being recolors of like the same thing and then being locked behind like a super epic duper mythic achievement, like make some lesser versions, I guess, for just like. I don't know, pay us 20k, or I don't know, just do this in the story. I liked getting mounts in the, can't, the, I can't think, Covenant campaign, that's what I was saying. Getting them in the Covenant campaign and being like, wow, that's cool. You mean our army of Gargans? That will all lose relevancy two weeks into the oh, yeah. 9.1. But then it's time for our army of bats to fly. They've actually started to release um, some information of Chains of Domination's mounts. And there's some really dope ones and some really lame ones. For the lame ones, there is just straight up a unicorn brown recolor. And it's like, brown is like the lamest color. I mean, this color is what I would imagine Corthia to look like. A very dark purple, like earthy brown tone. But then there's the fucking Dusklight Razor Wing, which, look at this thing. Apparently, it's like, um, it uses the model of the Horde Wyverns, I guess. But it has, like, crazy long claws. It it, it looks almost like a a modern-day TBC mount, if it came out today. Yeah, I'm peeking at your screen right now, and, like, this thing looks cool. I also really like the hot pink, like, spikes that are on it. Oh, and it can fly? Yeah. I'm seeing an image to air right Ooh, now. So you boy. No, I, I found it. That shit's good. I want that. It's new. It's interesting. And, and, you, and you get it by like, there's like a, it's another fucking mount where there's eggs you got to farm, much like Pandaria, much like uh, Burning Crusade. But like, it's supposed to be easy, like six days, six days of stuff to get it. So like, hell yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pumped. Let's go. Yeah. Content. Exactly. Let's and go. that's what I mean. Like, interesting, interesting mounts that aren't like, be number one in pvp it's just like explore the world find this thing and then do dailies for a week but then have you seen we may be getting close to getting a tease for when the date is being coming out for change nomination <laughs> that's, that's how content ours. did you hear we're close to getting close to a tease to the release date did you hear i heard I I didn't hear. I felt a breeze, (laughs) and the breeze whispered in my ear saying that in the days to come, there is potential for us to hear of possibly when we might hear of when they might decide to tell us when it might be out. 
I I consulted the tea leaves and they made sort of a lowercase a, which means <laughs> that could be August. God, I hope it's like the end of end of July, mid July. So six days ago, we got. If you notice on your launcher, which I don't know if anyone's noticed, because I don't know who's playing wilder than us right now. They Blizzard uh, posted a thing that says "Prepare for liftoff." Get ready for flying in Chains of Domination. And I didn't see this, and I was like, oh my god, was there a date that I missed? No. But it basically says, uh, they were like, earn your wings and a new special Covenant-themed mount in the major content update, Chains of Domination. Instead of a Pathfinder achievement, because everybody bitched and complained about how difficult Pathfinder was. Big air quotes around difficult. It's fucking easy. It was. Play the game. Yeah, I I, I hate to... (laughs) I hate to be the mean man calling you all out. It wasn't. Just play the game. Yeah, like, what was the hardest? Like, like you literally explore the place, which you should do. Like Just get just yeah, getting rep. Do the, do the quests, and then getting rep, like, you're almost there. Just, like, grind it out for, like, a, a day or, or two, maybe. Which was so crazy, because everybody who was complaining about this were casual people who didn't do mythic raiding, or even regular heroic raiding, or even mythic plus keys. It's just get rep. Explore the zones. Do your shit. It's not hard. What else are you doing in this game? So that's out of the window. Now all you have to do is reach Renown level 44, which again is playing the game. So who knows? It might be hard for some people to fucking do. And complete the last sigil step of the Covenant campaign. So you get basically, uh, you get flying account wide and you get a mount for each Covenant, which we already discussed. They know my, you know, the ugly Knight Fey one and everybody else's good one yes so i mean so i was like okay so like normally when this comes out they're like everybody yo flying's coming soon that's normally like the bell ringer of like don't worry everybody it's (laughs) announcements are on the way so we'll see all i know is i need it to come out before like mid-august because Cubby Bob said that she will not play until 9.1 is coming out, and she's got to get her sloth. Is she only playing for um the story content? Mm-hmm. She, well, and, and you know what we fucked up is because we did, she did all the story content, she got to level 40, and then we did all of Castle Nathria on normal in one run, and after that she said, I'm done. That's fair. I mean, like, she could always do, like, the chromie time if she wanted to, like, experience the old stories, I suppose. She she probably will. We can, we can also, alts, like, but... um get her some, like, transmog from dungeons and raids. And, like, there's mounts. There's lots of mounts that I'm sure she does not have that we could, like, help her get. Also, I don't know if you know, you probably don't know, but our raid knights have turned into old mythic raid farming for tier sets. Ooh. And we actually ran through a bunch of Legion raids yesterday, and we're going to continue to do some today. Uh, And they're like raids that you literally cannot do alone because they're Legion raids. And Mythic still kicks your ass so fucking hard. It was actually kind of fun. It felt like we were soft progging these... these, uh, boss fights. And, oh, I was honestly triggered by some of these fights because... You guys remember how fucking awful it was to, like, do just heroic kill Jaden back in the day. Like, we, what, like, successfully killed it, like, once? I think we did twice and called it. I, honestly, it might, might, might be once and called it. I never I never did, because I was in prison. Oh, yeah, you missed it. So, like, 
I went back and, and I tried to find groups to like run this content with in BFA. And like I had groups where I admit it killed Jaden. They just couldn't do it. We had to call it because it wasn't the damage was not there. We actually killed Mythic Kill Jaden yesterday with like ten of us, and like it was it was like playing pushy penguins in Mario Party Two, I believe. There's a mechanic where it's an intermission, so you can't kill the boss. You literally just have to avoid being blasted off the edge by the many penguins rushing towards you. <laughs> and like there was 10 of us and for a while only two of us could make it to the end and we didn't have the damage to kill it before the next pushy penguins. <laughs> yeah, so we basically progged on uh Mario Party 2's pushy penguins last night and you know, by the end <laughs> like we had enough people alive in the final phase to kill it and it felt felt good. It's just so stupid and it was great because we all got a title. Now we are the Darkeners, which I don't know how about that title. It's kind of weird, but I'll take it. So tonight we're actually finishing up Mythic Antorus, I believe. So if you want to get some quick mog, it's there, Aaron. I'll definitely think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I guess I'm just going to pull a time warp here while, I, while we still got some time. It's been a while. Um, excuse me, what did you say? It's been a while. Since I've been something. I'm pulling up my timer. I haven't searched timer in forever, so it's like, what are you doing? Uh, okay, I finally found it. Christ. <laughs> Alright, so these two banana heads have 40 seconds to answer the correct... God, hang on, Amazon's in forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also drunk. I haven't drank it in a while. Okay. These two knuckleheads have 40 seconds to give me as many correct questions. Answers. To the question I am going to ask them. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Okay, bud? I'm good. Are y'all ready? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yes. Listen, the script is not in front of me. What do I do? Okay, so my question to them that they will give me answers to... Name as many slide whistle alts as you can. Ready, set, go. Wild slide whistle, Deoxy Rabos, Wild Seed, um, um, Tented, uh, no, Felipe, uh, um, Homozygous, um, Tapeworm, um, Wow. What? There's a bunch, but oh, forget. Some you haven't played on. Uh, bludgeon. Um. Oh, Ellen. This is homophobic. Uh. Heteros homosexual, bisexual. Oh, yep, yeah, it's definitely bisexual. Uh, oh, uh, hey. Aquarius. Hey. Uh, Aquaria. Ty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think Aaron might have barely won there at the end. Oh, oh, I got a face him immune. However, I the first like five seconds was very hard. A lot of names came out of the gate. My head cannon is a five to four Aaron to immune. But the real question is: Does bisexual count as an alt? I have the name saved, but I haven't done any leveling on bisexual. That's the real question here for the gamers out there. So you have who, you who have you have spoken about the fact that you have bisexual 
And while they may not have been played, it is certainly forefront in your mind. It is a name I own. I'll, I'll let the tape roll back. I'll let the editor, Aaron, make sure that this is the correct winner. But in the meantime, I'll take a shot because I was... Oh, oh, oh Immune's taking the shot. He's, he's jumping in front of the bullet for me. Well, it's a good thing that he did, because he lost. Hey, everyone. Thursday morning editor Aaron here coming to you live with the... I guess not live. I'm pre-recorded by the time you hear this, but I'm coming to you with the results. So my good friend Immunization had Wild Seed, Achilles, Felipe, Frigate, and Allen. And ya boy had Slide Whistle, Deoxyribose, Homozygous, Tapeworm, Bludgeon bisexual and the fight for aquaria was neck and neck i started saying it a little bit beforehand so i am the winner of this one na 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 boo boo immunization stick your head in doo-doo what a fool what a loser <laughs> he were ready to do the deed and he'd sacrifice for nothing did nobody say deoxyribos or did i just miss it i did okay i think it was at the very beginning like. I, uh, yes i did it was the second thing i, I said. was like hello but the, everyone's favorite gnome <laughs> i miss him i think i want to get more alts leveled up now that <laughs> there's no rating happening at all yeah, in my life <laughs> same i need to i need to level up alts and i need to gear them for no particular reason yeah, it's funny how, like, in one week's period, we went from rating four nights a week, or, like, five to, like, none. So, well, anyways, I'm back with my shot, so I'm going to take the shot. Take it! <laughs> it's weird how much I value rating as, like, an activity I do, because I, I really do oddly miss rating four nights a week. I always said, I'm not going to join a Mythic Guild, because they rate too much. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I kind of like the structure of rating so often in... I feel like now if I were to join a pug raid, I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm too rusty. Like, I'm going to die and get kicked. And I don't want I hate that feeling. Oh, my God. Draenor, we get, we get kicked so many fucking times for being bad at the game. I was still getting yeah. kicked in Legion. <laughs> fucking bear. Real estate agent extraordinaire was kicking me out every other night. I forgot he literally benched you. <laughs> he was like, growl, listen. <laughs> I just, I just don't know if we're gonna need need you tonight, as he would say over comms. And I'd be like, okay, where is he? Where's he? It's funny actually. During our Legion Legacy raids last night, we were making bear jokes because we were in Antorus, and there was those like those like mysterious orbs that if you walk over them, then it summons mm-hmm. an ad. And Cass said, "I can just hear bear right now." <sighs> You guys, what are you doing? And I'm like, Cass is fucking getting bare right now. He's not even here to defend himself. All I know is if we, if we ever go back and do Lady of Virtue in, uh, what's it called? I forgot the name of that raid, but if we ever do that one, I have a lot to say. Oh, Tomb of Sargeras, yeah, it's Maiden of Virtue. Yeah, because he, he, he made sure to bench me on that fight every single time and then proceeded to not know how to do it. <laughs> That was my best. That was my favorite part. Is that I? I assume it was other uh, the other tank telling him, which I don't remember. You remember who was the other tank during then? Because it was it was Bear and who? Fuck it! It I was the know. old man. Oh, was it? Pro- <laughs> oh, it was Pro. No, the what? It was. Oh, yeah, I love that the old man 
who had lower DPS were able to tank so well, though, after like six times. You know what I mean? It took them a little bit to figure it out, but they got it. Good times. Good times. Ooh, ooh. Something interesting that was announced this week is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's actually a Battle.net um, update, which now allows us to interact via Bnet. Like, you can add people on EU servers. I did see that, and I was like, wow, EU servers? Ew! I don't like them. <laughs> Just I mean, kidding. That's very cool for people who have people obvious people who are actually European and then people weirdos in the US who are like, I just like playing EU servers. So like that like, woman at my work. That that is weird because I feel like if like most of the time your connection will be bad. But anyways, it doesn't like we can't play with them yet, but like I wonder if this means that that's something that they're considering, like a cross server play between US and EU servers. There's been a lot of talk about that, about making them able to cross-play with other accounts. But the way that their servers are set up, they would have to completely overhaul their system because their servers are sharded via, like, actual locations, right? They would have to, like, completely shift how they host everything. And while I can see it happening to modernize the game, that's a huge fucking project to do. I wonder if there's a way for them to, like, on one Bnet account, just allow you to, like, create a character on an EU server, even though most of yours are on a US server, or vice versa. That would help, because, like, right now, like, we're just bound to, like, you know, like, like to change EU, I had to have a completely different, I think, Bnet account to do so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely, you need, like, a whole other sub, at least. Which, honestly, shout out to the Chinese spammers on Illidan out there paying for two WoW accounts to just absolutely decimate the boards. I also love that the whole post was just basically like, we want to break down barriers to everybody. We want to have everybody as a community included. That was Bnet's original idea. At the very, very bottom, there's an asterisk, and it says, excluding China. And, like, I, I, I get it. I get it. It makes sense. But it's just so funny to see it there. I mean, to, be, not you, to be fair... They don't want to be here, so we don't want them there. I mean, because the second they allow like that, we're just going to be like, Tiananmen Square was real, and then like that's going to be it. That's going to be the end of the fucking thing, right? Like, yep. The whole the whole division shut down. So, I mean, it, it could mean... I mean, this, this may lead the way into not just like cross-country, or cross... What's it? Cross-localization? Continental, cross continental, but this could also be a part of their potential to be able to group with Horde and Alliance as a group if they make. Because I think about how much supply rates would increase if you can group with A, Horde and Alliance, and B, Horde and Alliance of other continents. Yeah, and I know a lot of people want like cross factional play, although sometimes honestly it feels like the three of us are on like the minority side here where we don't want that to happen, but. Here we are. I mean, if they can find a way to make it work for dungeons and raids, but again, I I do I I guarantee you we're gonna run into the problem of oh I don't want any fucking alliance babies in here or I don't want any horde old men in here. I don't remember where I saw it, but at some point I saw like making it so that you have like nor like normal mode, war mode, and then like a mercenary mode, which is like the other way. So, like, you have to spec into it so that you can queue, like, you can just be an all-in-one pool. 
Yeah, that could work. And like it happens in PvP, but I've seen the mercenaries, the horde mercenaries, who have to come over and lose their battleground, and the, the first thing they say is, "This is why I don't play Alliance. I'm a merc, yeah, and I hate they them." Just, they just go and become double toxic. Yeah, that definitely. Or like even just Alliance, like Alliance players on your team who are like, "Ugh, this is just my Alliance. All all my mains are on Horde. You guys suck." It's like, okay, come on, like, this is a bad game, but, like, sitting in your chat and typing is going to help. And that problem is going to be escalated by 16 years of a faction fighting, which I'm kind of okay with a little bit. As long as we can keep the player base sustained, they have the numbers. They know that more players are playing Horde than Alliance. Apparently, if you're Horde, you can find a key group at 3 in the morning. Easy peasy. Alliance side... That's just fucking hard. It's really difficult. I don't know about you, but like I'm out. I was out here plugging my like Aussie keys at like 5 a.m. So the faction imbalance was created due to like one racial ability 10 years ago. Do they just fix one alliance group to have a slightly different racial ability? And then things are evened or the balance shifts. So I've seen them discuss this and they do not believe that making the alliance overpowered in their racials is going to convince people to come over to alliance side. And they also don't think that it's healthy to have an overpowered racial on the alliance side. But they, 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 Because they, they recognize that it was a mistake in the first place to do that horde side. So that they don't want to recreate but it. The only unfortunate thing is, even if they don't recreate it, they ruined the balance because of it. Like it's, yeah, it is, like the it's, mistake it's that they made. Effects are being felt eleven years later. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. The mistake that they made ten years ago is like the reason why it's hard to like Mythic Progress Alliance now, like in raid. Yeah, and and that's the problem because they recognize that there was a problem initially, but now it's it's too late. People have their lines drawn in the sand. They have their friends on one side or they have their allegiance to one side. So there's not really anything they can honestly do at this point. Like the Hall of Fame was definitely a way to try to entice Horde guilds to switch to Alliance. It didn't work. I I don't know how many other ways they can maneuver around. There's probably honestly nothing, right? Because I think about it. What if it was flipped? What if we were the overpowered group? What would it take for us three to switch to Horde? The answer is nothing. I would never do it, right? That's yeah, fair. but that's because we are the people who actually identify with this faction as opposed to people who are just playing the faction because our friends are playing it or playing the faction because it's the one that's, air quotes, yeah, min-max, like, you know? And, and I don't I don't know. I don't want to throw people under the bus or whatever. In... 2010 when this was happening how many people are like oh my oh my fucking god i love being a dark spear troll i'm all about the dark spear troll life i mean prop versus they were like i i love the plus three percent i get off of beast attacks i mean there probably are a lot of people though who identify as dark spirit trolls in their in their wild gameplay right i mean like and and maybe when they first started it wasn't conscious it was just like this is great, and we're the best. But also, like, the, I love everything. Because, like, for me right now, who has switched so many alts so many fucking times, I'm pretty sure that I'm a night elf. 
like I have a, a demon hunter night elf, a druid night elf. I, I'm like thirty three percent gnome, I think. <laughs> wow, did it? Did you get like DNA test done? Is this like like ancestry or something? Azeroth century. Wow. Like I mean, like I I could see it being like their friends were on the OP faction because the dark spirit trolls were OP, and they're like, hey friend, come join us over here. Because, like, you don't have to tell somebody who's new that we're OP, right? You're just like, this is where I am. Come play with me. And they're like, I'm, an, I'm a troll. I'm a troll. I'm a troll. I'm a troll. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I, I mean, I imagine this is exactly how their meetings go. <laughs> trying to figure out how to switch people to Alliance side. They don't fucking know either. And they probably can't at this point. But they need to make more interesting races for the Alliance to play as. That will convince the monster race to come play as them. It's, That's basically it's, it. You know what the thing is? Is yeah, like is that? I mean, is aesthetics really Yo. an important thing? Because you look at the alliance and they have, I mean, if you consider the Draenei, which because they do have wiggly tentacle faces and hooves, they only have two monster people. Is the is the thi- the fix to make more monster people over here? Listen, hear me out. Give Alliance Allied Race Arakoa Lego. Yes. That that would be a start. I would love Arakoa's. Oh my god. I've seen a lot of yucky bird guys online. They I will I will open my arms to them and accept them in. So I actually had this problem when I was playing classic. I was like, okay, who can I be? I can be a human, okay. I can be a dwarf, okay. A shorter human. I could be a gnome, a shortest human, or I can be a night elf. I'll be a night elf. And then I'm like, horror, I could be an orc, a torrent. Like, at the very get go, it was imbalanced in picking the monster races that is cool. Yeah, p- p- versus- p- picking, vi- picking visual difference. And especially in classic. Because also, I don't know if you can even do different skin tones there. Nope. So yeah, it's like you said. It's like, do I take, do I pick medium white guy, small white guy, or tiny white guy? Or pur- or purple dude with big ears. Yeah, or one different looking person. At this point, it's just like we're here, we're queer. Oh, it's Pride Month. We haven't even talked about it. it's being fucking Pride Month yet. We did it. We made it. Another Pride Month, everybody. Everyone, go buy your boring uh, merch. Go buy it. It's your one month to do so before they clam up. Yeah, and like you know that at the end of this month they will take the rainbows away, pack them away until next year. I've gotten so many emails from so many companies about their Pride Month clothing, and I don't understand who's making this clothing. It's so ugly. Okay, so I just got an email from my work earlier today, and I guess my my company is doing a pride month thing where are you for, for your company are you registered as official gay I, I mean i i don't think so i don't know i don't know what what information they have about me they probably do but anyways the thing is where like i guess as a com like if you donate to their set of lgbt plus blanking on the word like fundraisers and show them your receipt they will give you a pin a rainbow pin with our company's logo on it and i'm like bitch like how about you pay me twenty dollars and then also give me the pin it's my month bitch and (laughs) i can't love that the part of that what gets me so like for blizzard right they they have rainbow shirts 
with the company's thing on it. And I guess the gay employees, the LGBT employees of Blizzard had to fight for these to be released. And I, I love that. I love that they, they were like, no, this has to happen. But they don't advertise that part enough that the, that the gay employees are the ones pushing these things out. Can somebody please help the gay employees make more fashionable, cool designs? Yeah, like, I refuse to believe, and I don't know how many gay employees are there at Blizzard, but there at least has to be one or two who are not only gay, but also are like, can we get interesting visual designs? Can we get more than just the name of the company in rainbow? Like, we have canonical gay characters now. Can we get... Chromie, can we get Matthias Shaw, Flynn Fairwin, even the gay, if they were like, yo, yes, man, it's Pride Month, can we get the two gay deer on, on Exactly, exactly. I'd buy the gay, the gay deer shirt. No, literally, you can still have the Rainbow Blizzard logo at the top of it, but then underneath it, put all the characters that you just mentioned, and then fucking throw on those two lesbian mermaid, like the mermaid yeah, and th- the... Th- well, um, spoils, but yeah, whoa, whoa. Throw, throw, throw the gay mermaid and tide sage hell even throw like even if it's a warcraft shirt put like tracer in the background just for extra emphasis but like you guys have actual gay people why not like celebrate them instead of being like here's the logo i would absolutely love a rainbow blizzard uh logo a smaller logo please and just have just the two deer no words no explanation i know what it means other gay folk know what it means if they're Blizzard players. That's it. They'd be so fucking dope. Well, I guess since we spoiled it, we should talk about our book club stories. I think it's about time to dive back in into our DNR book club, baby. Woo! Operative word being die. I've got my reading glasses on. The library is <laughs> open, honey. And I actually have the book this week, so I won't just be going, wow, that's neat. And, you know, you said opportune word, dive. And that is because we are starting off this week by discussing the story from the most recent World of Warcraft book, World of Warcraft Folk and Fairy Tales of Azeroth. And we're going to do the Why the Mermaids Left Boralus story this week. And... It was a good one. So I, I will say... I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. However, I'm going to say that the first five pages, I was like, man, are we going anywhere with this shit? But then I didn't realize how fucking long this one was. This is like our longest one yet. Like, So, yes. In defense of the first five pages, they... I feel like a lot of it was setting up the characters, the place, and the situation that make the plot in the second half sort of relevant. So the whole thing is that it's the story of early Kul Tiris, and specifically the city of Boralus when it was brand new and it was not protected from the elements. The people were being decimated every year or multiple times per year by a huge wave that would just kill everyone. And then also... There are mermaids, but because they're denizens of the sea and don't die as much, all the Kul'tirans see them as bad omens. They 
they spent a long time explaining it, but that's sort of the background to the story. Oh, it definitely paid off. But, like, when they fucking said each passing year produced at least one storm that threatened to wipe the rocks clean of Boralus for good. In the morning, they said the drowned bodies bobbed so thick in the harbor that the living would just cover them with weighted nets and sink them to the ocean floor. So many fucking people died in Boralus every year from the big storm. Man, and we have the audacity to say that the little tiny jump from that one, like, staircase to the ship was too much for us. (laughs) There would be times where I'd be at the counting house and I needed to get to the portals and I'm like, oh god, just kill me. But that trip could have killed me, like, 50 years ago. Right? (laughs) It's just like, kill me, throw me under, throw the weighted nut over me, let's go. I also think another important element of the story is the mermaids and how intertwined they were with Boralus at this time. So, obviously, as we know, we've seen zero fucking mermaids in Boralus in our time in BFA. Mermaids are not sirens. They make that very clear. The mermaids call sirens lazy. (laughs) They are a weird sub-race of, and I don't want to spoil too much, but, like, foreign creatures, but still humanoid enough to be, like, kissable. They, they, they are this this strange, sexy missing link between sea life as we know it. Yeah, when they first were describing them, I was like, "Are these just Naga?" I was like, no, they're not fucking Naga. These are honestly. I really to God. wanted it to be Naga. Me too. Me too. <laughs> because I was like, "That's so funny." If someone falls in love with one, is there honest to God what you think of when you hear mermaids, humanoid tops, fishy bottoms? Like that's it. And the mermaids, they borrow their power from, is it the Tide Mother? Which is a different Tide Mother than what the Tide Sages talk about, which I thought was also kind of weird. And each mermaid is like allotted a certain amount of power, and they try not to use their power in excess, because if they do, they just go, and they disappear. They don't leave a corpse, they just pop out of existence when they're out of magical energy that's given to them by their their creator. So they are their own mana bar. Basically, yeah. Um, I think the average lifespan was like 500 years, I think I saw. And so they just kind of, they, they go into the history of mermaids. They go into a little bit more Tide Sage history about how important they were. Because the Tide Sages were literally the only barrier between Boralus and the sea coming in. So Tide Sages would go onto ships with them and they would help get them back home. But at the end of the day, the Tide Sage was the only barriers they had. And so many of them would just die, being the last ones saving the city from, like, total destruction. So in this background, our story features there's a young mermaid named Halia. And she is deeply curious and observant, like every mermaid story, of the world above. And specifically... Of a ship, I believe it is called the Wind Racer? Uh, The The Windward. The Windward, yes. And a young Tide Sage on it, like the Tide Sage associated with it, named Aerie. And I, I can't find her full name, but they refer to her as Aerie pretty much every single moment after that. And and they just kept Aerie, she's like, oh... Because, like, this is mostly from, like, I feel like Halia's perspective, kind of, for the most part. 
So, like, Ares is, like, a beautiful, like, the sun has, like, burned her skin dark. Which is funny, because I don't think that's true. She's just, like, a, she's just, like, a dark-skinned Quotarian, right? Because the image we have of her, I'm like, oh, that's just, like, a... That's a black girl. Which also, so so this is the this is the only thing I'm gonna say. It was <laughs> and it wasn't good or bad. They described her as a cull Tyran woman. So I was thinking big, muscly, stocky, like you like the ones you play as. And then they feature a picture of the two of them sort of meeting face to face, and it's just like a standard sized human. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Kaltirans can just sort of be, like, average size. So it's like, uh, in the story, she was this big, stocky woman, and all of a sudden she had to, like, shrink down in the narrative. And I was like, oh, because I have a picture of her now. Also, like, um, how before, how, like, oh, wait, this story, how much before current Boralus does it take place, do you guys think? This is very, very early Boralus. This is, like, Boralus's, like, like, beginnings. So do you think the... Kulturans, air quotes, then were basically just Eastern Kingdomsers. Like, so, like, they're that, probably more so just make sense. humans yeah. than, like, not Kulturan humans. They're just humans, and then the years of being fishermen and being tough made them all six foot two and 300 pounds. Yeah, that's that's kind of how they framed it, because they actually reference Gilneas, not by name, but they say, like, um, they didn't consider themselves Kulturans at the time. They just considered themselves from the peninsula, and the peninsula is Gilneas, where they came from. Because they're, they're literally just living on a slippery ass rock at this point. And they also like, yeah, the the navy has nothing on us. Like they're like, you would scoff at marines if you were a Kulturan back then. And I'm like, Jesus, okay, calm down, like chill. Not not our troops. There's just this is really, really uh, the bad storm is coming. It's a coming, baby. And previous to the storm, the windward is sailing out and in, out and in, out and in, and I almost said Halsey. What's her name? Halia, not Halsey. Yeah. <laughs> Halia. I mean, like, Halsey could fit into this story, technically, I guess. So Halsey is following the ship for, like, months, almost even years at this point. Uh, and she's, like, she's basically fallen in, like, love with the Tide Sage on the ship, who's Airy. And she just like I just love following them. She leaves her gifts. She leaves her like pearls and honestly, just a lot of pearls. And Aries like I don't want this shit. And she knocks it into the water. He's like Nah, is that mine? No, I don't want that. But they're like really valuable pearls. And she's like, Oh, I guess the humans don't value pearls. Like we don't value pearls because these are just fucking seeds for weeds. I'm like, What? Pearls are seeds for weeds? Excuse me. Okay, so so I have to ask. So the two fall in love. Did that seem kind of sudden for you guys? Because the quote is like, so Ari gives her a knife. Helio was thrilled and knew only joy. Ari was grave and deeply moved. When they kissed and confirmed the other felt likewise, I was like, whoa, we're, we're kissing now? You know, yes and no. The kiss felt sudden to me, but I did feel like Ari, the Colterian, she spent an entire ship length thinking about a gift to give back to Halia. Because the whole idea of Ari was that she's a hardened Tide Sage. She doesn't care about anything about that other than protecting the ship and the Kulturians who live there. And, the, and, the, and then she was like, hang on, 
what gift can I give this mermaid who's always giving me gifts? And she's like, I know, I'll make her a knife. And she spent one whole trip making her a knife. And I was like, okay, maybe Aerie's a little bit into Halsey. And then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm just like laughing to myself that I guess we've established that we are nicknaming Holly a Halsey now. <laughs> oh, here it is. Uh, so it says, it added, and indeed at first, Aerie was solemn over the mermaid's offerings. And then she was touched by them. And then over a while, she was amused by them. She spent a whole voyage wondering how to return a gift to the fair mermaid. For Aerie, a human, not too austere, to admire Halsey's lovely face and form, nor her profusion of kelp green curls, nor even her coral-colored tail. So see, she was she was <laughs> thinking about her sexily from then. I mean, so you're saying that Aerie basically named her the sexiest NPC of that boat trip. No, she fucking did. Because she basically, so they smoosh. And then she was like, yo, Halsey, we can't tell anybody about this shit. Because mermaids were stigmatized. Whenever whenever they appeared, the storms followed them. Only because the mermaids were like, a storm's coming. Let's get all the fish while they're running away. And so Quotirans became the stigmatized mermaids as a harbinger of doom. But you know what happens after they start smooching? A big fucking storm comes. A monstrous storm comes, and a fucking Aerie and her like four tide sages who are there. I imagine as only five of them were on the dock, stopping the storm from coming in. They don't have a seawall to stop this horrible storm coming in, and the other tide sages were stuck behind the storm because on land it was just as bad. People were drowning behind her as well as in front of her. <laughs> It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, so, um, Aerie and her... I, I, I guess if we if we go by your lore, it is Aerie and her party. Like, <laughs> a party of five, I guess, shamans trying to stop this massive wave from basically I mean, wiping they, out Morales <laughs> for good. They can get pretty far. I mean, no one's a tank, but you got a lot of healers and DPS there. They should be fine. <laughs> they have a lot of rock elementals they can summon, right? Yeah, five. So literally, Aerie is, like, fighting the storm, and Halsey's like, I gotta save my girlfriend! Even though she said she won't... So there's also this lore where if Halsey... <laughs> she told Aerie multiple times, I will cut your feet from, like, the toes to the ankles. And if you do that and throw you into the water, the Tide Mother will show pity on you and will give you legs. Or will give you... uh fish tails i guess like the mermaid has and i was like is that really how it works like is that it yeah i don't know is that, that is sounds that like still good if i if i cut <laughs> my feet in half do i get to become a mermaid now it's, it sounds like that middle school shit like oh my god i'm a mermaid don't spill any water on me on accident <laughs> 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 i'm interested i wish i could have gone to middle school with you because you've talked about both girls whose eyes change oh, they when they're that. angry and and girls who are mermaids let me say like those two that venn diagram it overlaps very heavily <laughs> i was, just, I was oh, about yeah. to say is oh. it just one circle it's, it's, it's pretty tight it's pretty tightly knit there but so she, earlier she's like i can cut your feet and you can be a mermaid and she's like no, Halsey, I have shit to do on land. I have a duty to Kultirans. I have a duty to the Tide Mother, my Tide Mother, who's not your Tide Mother. 
and I have shit to do. I, I can't do that. Also, don't tell anybody I love you. They're gonna hate me if I tell you that. <laughs> so this big storm's bashing the fucking city, and and Ares blocking it all, and House's like, I'm gonna help, and she's using up her magical power. She's literally killing herself, trying to raise a sea wall to prevent the storm from coming in. And Halsey's mermaid sisters and her all of her friends and family back home in Mermaid Coves under Boralus are coming out. And like, Halsey, don't kill yourself. We will kill ourselves to protect you. Yeah, we- <laughs> you're young and gay. You are the pillar of our community. We will sacrifice ourselves for it is June, the month of doing so. <laughs> Yeah, so basically Halsey and all of her, like, mermaid fam are, like, slowly raising this giant seawall made of, like, mud and stone and stuff. And Halsey's fucking family and friends are, they're popping because they're using all their magic up, so they're fucking dying. They're literally dying. Yeah, they are literally sacrificing their life for the seawall, but, like, eventually... Enough of them, I guess, have sacrificed them themselves. Enough of them have sacrificed themselves to create a strong enough wall to hold against this storm. And the entire time, Ari is standing on top of the wall at this point, and she's the last tide stage left. Her party is dead. The other four did not make it. She has no B res to get any of them up. And people are standing on the docks, like, "Holy shit, guys, we're gonna fucking die!" Like, um. So she's like. Blocking the fucking waters from coming in. People get... Okay, now they describe it as people helping her. But they didn't seem like Tide Sages. What were they fucking doing? Throwing, like, bricks at it? Throwing, like, wood at it? Like, what, what were they doing? Yeah, I would assume they're just throwing rocks at the seawall to be like, See, the seawall's bigger because I threw a rock at it. They're, like, beavers or something? I don't know. And then it, it culminates basically in Aerie and the mermaids saving the fucking town. Aerie has spent all of her energy blocking everything, and she is dead. She's deceased. She's not living. And Halsey is still alive somehow. Oh, it's because she's the youngest mermaid. The youngest one of the whole clan. So that's why she has the most magical energy to spend. Though she is dying still. So Halsey basically hops up there with Aerie and, like, chops off her toesies. And then drags her into the water. <laughs> Well, and not even drags. It's a very minor thing, but she said, the water, the sea, you must return me to it. So some big Kaltiran man just kind of shoves yeah. him. He, he, he kicks him and rolls him into the it's sea. Like they were like, what is this fucking mermaid saying to us? And as and, and as she's shouting it, she's literally chopping off the soles of Ares' feet. Like, is she like splaying her fucking feet at this point? Now, now I just envision it differently. I see like Halsey hop up onto the land, and there's like this Kaltiran guy like next to Ari trying to like mend her, and then all the that guy hears is Halsey going as she chops off Ari's toes, and then he's like, "Ugh, gross!" and then kicks them both into the sea. <laughs> I don't know what you are, but you're yucky, and he kicks them. And so he he this big man kicks him into the fucking sea. Garage boots him into the sea. And it's just, she gets survived. Ari gets saved with the Tide Mother. She, yeah, she, she becomes a mermaid. But then they look at each other and they're like, oh, shit, <laughs> we're gay. We can't make any more mermaids. Let's just, I, I don't know. Well, what is, 
let's spend the rest of our days on like the San Francisco pier in the sun. I thought about that because it, it basically that's how it ends. It ends with just those two. They're both okay. Ari shows herself to the Kotarian crowd, and it's just like, look at my eyes. They're open. I'm alive. I'm good. Bye, everybody. And they they see her tail flick out of the ocean, and that's it. They never see mermaids again. Where do these two go? Just out into the sea to frolic forevermore, I guess. But the tale of Aerie is told, apparently, to all Kaltirans for all time. And, you know, the story is told, and it is basically the founding story of why Borealis is allowed to currently exist. Also, and the thing she's remembered for is when the water takes on a scarlet hue. They know that is like the blood of Aerie. And can you imagine... You are a super cool Tide Sage with, like, years of service. You save the town, and everyone remembers you for when your wife <laughs> took your unconscious body, sliced off your toesies, and everyone's like, wow, she really made a mess. She really bled into that That's ocean. the mess of Aerie. Though, as fucked up as it is, I did love that ending. It was just, like, uncertain, calm sunsets when the red is deeply reflected on the surface of the harbor. Old sailors call it. Aries blood, which presages good weather in remembrance of the dutiful Tide Sage and the mermaid who loved her so faithfully. Which I think was a, was a good ending, but also Aaron's right. It's like, damn, she did more than that. She did more than bleed. Yeah, she. <laughs> this is my call to action. Aries deserves more than just being remembered for her toes bleeding. So I, I think she is, though. I think, like, this tale, as we just described it, is kind of more or less told amongst Kultirans, probably. Yeah, because yeah, now at the end of it, they're just like, now they revere mermaids as their saviors, which is ironic because they didn't appreciate them until they all fucking popped out of existence for using all their magic up. All the old ones died first. That was really sad in the story. <laughs> so in lore... Were these the last two mermaids and they can't reproduce because they are a lesbian couple? Yeah, basically. I mean, they guess they could have fucked the siren. No, sirens are just only female. So no, that's it. That's all they got. Also, and I don't want to say anything, but there is a distinct part where they talk about they were so strapped for the mermaids, This that is, were so strapped for materials that they were using the bones and leftovers oh my God, of yeah. drowned people in the wall. Does that mean this supposed seawall of Boralus is composed of, like, 200 dead guys? I mean, they do not blame the mermaids for this. It was the Kul'Tirans who literally grouped it all up, put them down at the bottom of the sea. So, like, this is at the top of the sea for the mermaids to go down. And they're, like, they're just going for mud at the bottom of the ocean. But, like, you know, that's all they could find. (laughs) Yeah, because they knew that the mermaids were living in the waters. And they're, like, well, the mermaids are going to love all these bones we're sitting down to them. (laughs) It's kind of fucked up. But, yeah, honestly, I love the story. Pretty good. Great pride with accessory. The beginning, long five pages really made up for it at the end there. Yeah, a good read. Another good addition to our DNR book club here. And you know what? It did mention Gilneas. Vaguely by geographical reference. And that gives it my A+. At that point, the Gilneans still there were like, I'm fucking glad I didn't fucking go to Kul'Jiris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they see big bloated tan bodies going on the shore. And they were like... Oh, it seems like they kind of fucked up, didn't they? <laughs> Anyways, let, let, let's, let, you know what's neat? Let's build a big wall and then open up a green portal to the Emerald Dream. What if? <laughs> that, that seems real neat. They were like, 
Oh, wow. They're making a big wall. We had that first. Get out of here. Ugh. Okay, so I think it's time for us to head on into our sexiest NPC of the week. <laughs> and this week, as previously alluded to on a stream I held earlier this week, we are naming Doom Lord Kazik our sexiest NPC of the week. <laughs> and in particular, the incarnation of Kazik, who is the world boss in Warlords of Draenor in the Tanan jungle, baby. <laughs> My favorite part about Kazik are his two long tentacles coming out from his chin um, for when you just want to pull him yeah, in. Yeah, baby. But don't forget that it's Supreme Lord Kazakh Aaron because Doom Lord was TVC and Supreme Lord was Warlords of Draenor. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> fucking... Well, fucking slide. I don't... It's so, it's I'm sorry, Lord, Aaron. What? <laughs> Lord Kazakh is his Wowpedia thing. Hold on, let me Google. The Supreme Lord Kazik is the one from Tanan Jungle. <laughs> you got it right the first time. I mean, I literally looked this up before the podcast, so I should have just stuck to my guns, honestly. <laughs> we love Supreme Lord This Kazik. guy is nothing. Nothing? <laughs> I've seen a million guys that look like <laughs> this guy. Excuse me? Don't let him hear, don't let him hear this, okay? This is the world boss that I, besides Doom Roller, which is probably a sexiest NPC in the future, honestly. But besides Doom Roller, he's the like world boss that I remember most from Warlords of Draenor. Like especially because like he was up on his own peninsula, and just like the number of times that I ran around that corner and just immediately got nuked by one of his mechanics, and then had to just run back again and hope that like. I was alive enough to loot him at the end. And the worst was was when you'd fucking get there, but you didn't get there. Because all the fucking demons in front of him would kill you first before you could make it into him. Well, I may have praised the wrong Kazakh. I am formally taking it back, because while the other ones had tentacles on his chin, this man just has a tasteful flavor saver. <laughs> A little beard that I can use to really grip onto him when I'm rubbing his green jewel, if you catch my drift. Oh, I catch your fucking giraffe, baby. Oh, imagine oh, hearing those hooves clack together in bed. <sighs> I mean, he also has two pretty spectacular horns for all of those horny motherfuckers in bed with him. And he also has a pretty sizable flaming sword. Ooh, if by sizable you mean small, he's out there with the with the the little knife Avengers out there reminding you. It's pretty big. Not in literally any picture I'm seeing. Listen, regardless of its size, he knows how to properly use it. Okay. Also, he's humongous, and that's what's important. Okay, my favorite part. My favorite part are his knee, shoulder, his knee pads. Are those glued to him? Because I don't see a strap around the back of his knee. So how does he keep those on? He's 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 like those anti-vax people who are like the vaccine makes you magnetic. <laughs> he oh took God. the vaccine and it made him magnetic. If you think the vaccine is magnetic, stop listening to us forever because you're a fucking idiot. Also, if you like don't trust the vaccine and won't fucking get it, like get out of here. Or I mean, it's, as long as you don't fake your ID card to bars, that's like that's, that's all I gotta say about that. 
Aaron. What? <laughs> I just wanted to see. <laughs> that's not. That's not true. That's not true. Please don't slander me. This is a program. Okay. Okay. Just hijack this because Slide already did. He has a coworker whose boyfriend now is doing. Excuse that. me. I'm currently unemployed. My ex coworker said this. Please get it right. Well, your ex coworker is going to have an ex boyfriend when he dies of the COVID. That's what I told him. But that's a story for next week's podcast. <laughs> Supreme Lord Kazakh, though, mm, what do you think he orders from Taco Bell? Mm, hopefully um, the naked chicken chalupa. <laughs> oh my god, the number of ads I have gotten for that fucking naked chicken it's, chalupa. It's, it's it, real, it's like lot. six, seven out of ten. It's not Yes, it's not good, good. but it's not, not bad. It's not good. There's, you, could order menu, you could order better menu items than that, for sure. I'm more interested in ordering ordering Benu. <laughs> Maybe he can be next week's. To answer your question properly, I would assume that Supreme Lord Kazakh orders a Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah, boy! That's what I was going for, but I like the joke better. <laughs> and he eats it, folds up so that it doesn't all fall out when he eats it. That's how you know he's a smart. He wants to keep his little pointy beard pristine. I don't like when the tomatoes fall out and get all over my plates. So you said that his beard is a flavor saver, so like it definitely could collect his the the like whatever falls out of his Crunchwrap Supreme for later, which like honestly would be a turn on for me in bed. I guess, but like how how much time do you want to give those diced tomatoes in his beard before you eat them? I was just about to say, I, my fresh love juice being in his beard, that's one thing. Some old lettuce from last Sunday's Taco Bell run? Not that so cheese much. goes hard pretty quickly if you don't eat it. I mean, that cheese oh, is hard while some, you eat it. Some sour cream in between the strands? No, sir. <laughs> Only, unless it's my sour cream. Yeah, baby. Congrats, Supreme Lord Kassik. You're our sexiest NPC of the week. I'll give you your award in 2015. <laughs> well, I think it's properly time to head on into our top toot bottom boot or medium of the week now. Salida whistle. What do you have? I got myself one of them top toots of the week. What's your top two of the week? So my top two is how close I currently am to achieving Keystone Master somehow, some way, through the sheer willpower of people finally catching up in our guild. How many oh more my. dungeons do you need, Mr. Slidewhistle? I just need one more and I'm fucking done. If anybody has a 15 the other side key, for the love of God, please hand it over and give it to me because that's the least key we see in this group. I thought I saw you guys do a 15. Oh. What happened? Who fucked I'm not going to give that a bottom boot because... Name them. I don't I don't blame anybody because we have not been in Miss of Tirna Scythe or the other side at a 15 level in... I'm not even kidding. Like, for me personally, like, three to four months, we never get those keys. We only get Sanguine Depths, Necrotic Wake, and Plague Fall. That's all we as a guild get, and it's absolutely insane. I mean, and then Theater of Pain, like, these last few weeks as well. 
truly living up to the same theater of pain. So we were in a 15 the other side, and we were so close. Wildy had literally one second to go on finishing his cast on Muzala's totem, and he got pulled before he could finish the cast on the totem, which means we had to sit there and wait a 12% before we could even go back into the portal and do it again. So that was the ultimate what killed us. But like, there were also like several other parts of the run where like we fucked up in our own ways that took away time. So it like, there were a bunch of small things that added up on our run, but we were like, even all that, when all that said and done, we were still really close. Like with like what a minute over. I, I think we had like literally like 10 deaths. Between, like, I think I had three of them. Like, if if we all wouldn't have died, and if we would have just had a little more damage on that boss, he w- we would have been stellar. But, like, again, it was t- tyrannical. The other side is so fucking hard. Even now, like, I feel like I overgear that shit. So everybody has to overgear it to actually defeat it. And I ran in the other side today in a pug. We didn't even kill the first boss before everybody left. <laughs> That's how bad that fucking shit was. And this is a fortified week that's, like, on paper way easier than last week, so... We couldn't even survive the first, like, three trash packs without ten deaths, which we ran to the very end of our last week on Tyrannical with that same amount of deaths. That's insane. I would like it to be made very clear. Slide pugged this on his own. I was not healing this run. Yes, there was a shaman healer who said, and I quote, Shamans are the best for healing Grievous, and I said... Well, priests with flash concentration, I think, are the best, but shamans are still good. And they ignored me and talked about how great shamans were. And the shaman healer couldn't keep everybody alive through regular trash. I mean, fortified trash, to be fair. But, like, come on, homie, let's go. Homie! Oh, no, Marge. Anyway, my tattoo is I'm close to getting it done. It will get done. I will have this silly-looking mount. That I want before it becomes really hard next week. Next, not next week, next year for 9.1. What about you, Aaron? What's your top two media moot, bottom boot? My top two is that after, like, I'm pretty sure an actual year of waiting, Cubbybub's order of the second World of Warcraft cookbook came in. We looked through it and it's got a lot of tasty dishes in Ooh, there. What do you, you got to make first? Ooh, we got a mixed drink from they. So they separated it by not only culture but also like expansion. Oh. And the I don't know, I don't know what the brokers are doing, but they have a lot of good mixed drinks in there. We were even looking at our wedding cocktail list, and we were like, maybe we got to sneak one of these guys in there. Which one caught your eye in particular? So I have grabbed the uh, cookbook itself, and it is not the brokers that have brought this to us, but rather uh, the Naga have brought us the Sea Salt Java, which is a alcoholic coffee-based chocolatey dish that I'm very excited as a coffee fan to uh, create. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, who would have thought that the Naga would present you with such a favorable drink? Literally, when we were looking through it, that section is called, like, 
other places, and it's the Maelstrom, Deep Core, and Najatar. And I told her, who's making food in Najatar? <laughs> but I'm very excited to pour through it. But for now, I will pass it on to Immune. What is your TTBBMM? My auga for this week is the fact that we were able to participate in Boat Day. And is a combination top two, bottom boot, because it's a top two that we finally were able to remember it, but a bottom boot because my boat as a drain eye fucking sucks. <laughs> it does, though. It's so bad. Yeah, so my boat was awful, and it was literally just a plain brown boat, and I don't understand. Looking at it, I don't even get what they were going for. Like, it seemed of a fine wood that one would find on, like, Azermist Isle, but it lacked any crystals or any drain identifying features. Yeah, I don't understand what they're going for here. I feel like every other, like, race's boat made at least somewhat sense. Like, they threw, like, a little bit of something on it, whether it just be, like, Ironforge's symbol or... You know, literally something, anything. But the Drain I want was just, like, a brown boat. And I don't understand it. Even the human boat had, like, a little Alliance flag in it. It's kind of... It's just so fucking weird that they would do that to you guys. It's gotta be an oversight, right? It has to be. Well, we know Ian listens. So, here's hoping they finally fix it. They overhaul it. And next year, at this time, you'll have the best boat in the entire flotilla. R.I.P. the flotilla will never forget you and your location on the Fortnite map a few seasons ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, I think we're out of here. If you have any comments, questions, complaints, send us an email at do not relent pod at gmail.com or tweet at us on Twitter at do not relent pod. Leave us a review on Warcraft Radio or iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. Gamit. What about you guys? Where can they find you on the Internet? You can find me, Alex or Immunization, on Twitter at New Era Alex. You can follow our podcast Instagram account on the gram at Do Not Relent. You can follow me on Twitch at Immunization DNR, where I stream Monday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday, Sunday afternoons. You can find me, Aaron the Human, at the Big Cheesy on Twitter.com. You can follow our literary musings at do not relent.livejournal.com. You can watch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Aaron DNR. And you can find Tenaris' own mixed drink, Mex on the Beach, on page 35 of the New Warcraft cookbook. Ooh, yummy, yum, yum. All right, but we're out of here. See you guys next week. And remember, another down. Do not relent! Do Not Relent is a podcast within the 3HNC network, representing U.S. Proudmore's premier podcasts. That was a very good wish.